Our reading today is from Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. And now we hear from further on in chapter 24 of Luke, from verse 36. While the disciples were talking about what happened on the road to Emmaus, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. And he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of grilled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, I wonder whether you feel a sense of hope for the world in which we live or whether you're feeling a bit despondent because we do seem to have been living through a very kind of despondent phase recently uh, as a nation. 
We live in a time where many people feel a sense of doom about the future, particularly about the environment, and for some people that leads to unhealthy places because they're so despondent they become depressed about it all. Uh, there's an ever-growing gap in our country, in our world, between the mega-rich and the extremely poor, and that gap just seems to keep increasing. In our own country, we seem to struggle to work out how to appropriately respond to refugees, and those issues have beset our nation for too long, and it'd be good if we could find a healthier basis for working out what we're going to do about something that will be an ongoing issue, not just an aberration. Indigenous issues seem stuck in the same place, inspiring a growing awareness by many people of our own story as a nation, uh, both its good parts as well as its unhappy parts. Uh, and our failure to acknowledge our First Nations people is something uh, that is incredibly troubling and disappointing. Now, you know, I could go on and on with many depressing things that are happening in our world today, but I won't do that because that would just lead to a further sense of despondency. But we do live in an era when many people lack a sense of hope and feel quite despairing about our context. And it would seem to me that one of the reasons, not the only reason necessarily, but one of the reasons for the incredible rise of mental health challenges is because of this sense of a lack of hope, but as well as, sense, as that a sense of despondency about these big issues that beset us. Well, today being Easter Day is a day of celebration and a day for restoration of that sense of hope. Hope for ourselves as people, hope for our world, but as well as that hope for our nation and the people who live in our nation. The Bible teaches that all people are made in God's image and therefore all people are honoured with the privilege of being made to represent and to, to live as God intended them to live. That means that every person is a person of dignity and every person is a person who is imbued with basic characteristics which are for the sake and the good of others. And Jesus, we're told, was born as a human being and came and lived in our world and honoured us as people by sharing our lot as a human being. He lived a full life and the Bible tells us that he was tempted in every way so he experienced the full gamut of human experiences and yet we're told that he was without sin. And unlike you and me, Jesus didn't fall short of God's original intent. Jesus lived a consistent life. Now, most of us would aspire to live a consistent life, but we all know that that isn't the case, and we all know that we all fall short of even our own expectations and aspirations. Our focus today is on hope, and on the hope that we have both for today and the future, and the hope that we can have in and through Jesus Christ in particular. Today we celebrate the fact, the good news, that Jesus, who was brutally put to death uh, through his trial and death on Good Friday, has risen from the dead. And in the readings that we've had, we've celebrated the fact that he came and appeared to his first disciples and he turned up as a human being, fully human. Uh, and as Malcolm said right at the outset, he continues to be fully human, living, sitting on the right-hand side of the Father in his resurrected body, interceding on behalf of us and all people. The disciples were gathered in the upper room and Jesus appears among them and some think of him as a ghost or an apparition. apparition. They're so surprised at his reappearance amongst them. So why are we, as it says in Luke, which we had before, why were you troubled and why do doubts arise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet, it, isn't, it is I myself. Touch me and see, a ghost does not have these flesh and bones as you see, I have here. 
As Bishop Tom Wright has somewhat pithily put it, he says to them, it really is me, myself. In other words, you're dealing with something real here. This is the same person that was here before, but now bodily resurrected in your presence. To reinforce the point, Jesus shows them his hands and his feet, and then he invites them to share in a meal together. And as they break bread and they share in that meal together, they grasp more fully that he really is alive, that he really is risen from the dead, that he really is physically present with them, and that all that he'd long talked about is now a reality. They laugh, they cry, they share in fellowship together, and they have this renewed sense of community as people. It's so simple, isn't it? Yet it's so profound. And we're all aware of amazing stories of human survival. Uh, in 2009, I had the privilege of heading up the diocesan response to the Black Saturday fires. And I had this incredible experience of going up to King Lake a few days after the fires where the Anglican Church had been burnt to the ground. Uh, across the road from the Anglican Church, there was a house that had survived. And the people who lived in that house, that house were parishioners, and I had this incredible meeting with these people who told their story. And their story was quite remarkable. All the fires were raging through that area, and for, for reasons that make no sense, really, they decided to stay. Uh, all around them, every house had been destroyed, except somehow their house, as often happens with those sort of fires, had been the one that survived. They weren't sure what to do. Then when the fires were all around about them, so their dogs, they discovered, were lying on the ground, so they lay on the ground. Uh, the fire raged past them. Their house was preserved. And as they kind of were working out what to do next, they could see that the electricals in the house were starting to burn. Uh, they had no water because the water was all turned off or cut off. Uh, and the only water they had was a can of a box of a can of probably a box of a can of cans of coke. So they opened the cans of coke and were pouring on the power board, uh, pouring the cokes on the power board, which is the way in which they did survive uh, this particular situation. That was very powerful to actually hear their story of surviving in that amazing way. Even more powerful was turning up a few days later when we walked across the road to where the Anglican church had been, and sitting in the ashes was the prayer book that used to sit on the priest's altar in the church, flickering in the breeze, uh, and it itself had survived and the book of Psalms was open in the ashes. Beautiful images, don't you think, of surviving something terrible. But we're not talking about survival today, we're talking about something radically different. As Jesus reminds them, it was what he predicted in the scriptures. It's what he told them would happen. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. So today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We celebrate his victory over death. We celebrate the hope we can have in and through him. And more than that, we give thanks for his physical resurrection. The person Jesus was nailed to the cross and suffered an agonizing death. The body of Jesus was taken and preserved and put into a special tomb by friends and supporters. And as, as we know miraculously, the first people to see the risen Jesus were the women who turned up at the tomb and discovered that in fact, he wasn't there anymore. He had risen from the dead. Now, this was bodily resurrection. In fact, if we read on, we see that this person, Jesus, continued to live on earth for a further 40 days and made multiple appearances to many people. This is incredibly important. Not only did Jesus become one of us by sharing our lot as a human being, and not only did he model true humanity, not only did he die in our place, he also rose 
and ascended on high bodily, fully man and fully God. As Tim Keller has put it, if Jesus rose from the dead, you have to believe everything he said. And if he didn't, why bother with anything that he said? Well, our hope is this. If we place our trust in Christ and what he's done for us, we believe that it's just sufficient to satisfy God's justice. We get what we don't deserve because Jesus bore what he didn't deserve by dying on our behalf on the cross. In God's eyes, we're justified because Christ died on our behalf. And more than that, we rejoice today because we don't just uh, know about his forgiveness, cleansing and restoration. We also know about this resurrected life that he invites us to share in, a new life that we live today that goes on into eternity. If we do, in fact, turn to him and put our trust in him, he blesses us with the Holy Spirit who takes up residence in our hearts, and that Holy Spirit is the means by which we can live renewed and transformed lives today. So as we live today, if we've placed our trust in Christ, then we have the Holy Spirit there to help us. And as Christ was raised physically, uh, we look forward to the fact that when we die, or when Christ comes again, we too will have a physical bodily resurrection. Now, it's good to know that God values each person in our world personally, and that every person is someone who's precious in his sight, that God's interested in people, and God has invested heavily in us living transformed and renewed lives. In a world where there's a lack of hope and a sense of despondency often, Christ offers us new hope and new possibilities. And this isn't a future vision of a disembodied souls floating in the air. It's about a renewed and transformed people who will live new and transformed lives for all eternity in God's renewed kingdom when Christ has come again. Well, just, as about, or just about all of us want to improve ourselves one way or another. During the extended lockdowns that we all endured last year, many of us exercised more than we'd ever exercised before uh, because, let's face it, there was nothing else you could do. Uh, you know, you had your 5K limit and you could go for a walk twice a day and that was about it. So, you know, there was a lot of walking going on. I had this depressing experience where I've never walked and exercised more in my life, but I didn't lose any weight. So, anybody have the same experience? You know, you would have thought I might have lost some weight, but I didn't. So I went on the Fast 800 diet, which I'd recommend. Um, this is a vicar's recommendation today. And miraculously, I did lose some weight. And if you're nice, you'll comment on it later on. I'm a man, we like to be affirmed in these things. That was an improvement. Well, that was great, but today we celebrate the fact that resurrection leads to a whole new life today, a transformed life. In Romans chapter 8, verse 10, Paul puts it this way. But if Christ is in you, then even though, through your, though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. We all face the prospect of our future death. But how do we live in our life today? Well, when we turn to God and, as we've said, seek his forgiveness, he gives us the Holy Spirit to enable us to live differently. It's Christ in you, and that is our hope. The resurrection of Jesus 2,000 years ago is a moment of historic significance, but it's a lot more than that. The good news is that it's incredibly relevant to you and me today because it is the means by which we can be transformed, raised to a new life and we can live in a new way. The amazing thing is that God is at work and he's continuing to give people new life through his resurrection 
in a, sen- in a spiritual sense uh, today and in a physical sense down the track, which means that we do have the power to overcome sin, power to serve God and his people, power to play our part in his world to make a difference in his world, strength and wisdom to cope with adversity and suffering and hope to cope with the complex demands of family and friendship. I wonder whether you want that power and I wonder whether you want to live a transformed life that's full of hope because it's a renewed life today. Well, this Easter Sunday, that's what Christ is reminding us of all as well as offering us each if we put our confidence and trust in him. That's our Easter gift for today. Well, finally, when Jesus talked to his first disciples in the upper room, he commissioned them with these words. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Well, we, of course, have the benefit of hindsight. We can look back over 2,000 years and we can see that what Jesus commissioned those first disciples to start has continued right down the track until today. Each of us here today are are witnesses to that reality because someone passed on the faith to us at some point and here we are a very long way from Jerusalem, 2,000 years down the track and we're living evidence that that commissioning has actually borne fruit. The Christian message has been preached and passed on in all sorts of places and in all sorts of ways. The Holy Spirit was given to the first disciples and is given to us, as I've said already this morning, again today so that we can continue that work of witness to Christ in our context. One of the distinctives of the modern era is the remarkably pervasive expression of the Christian faith globally. If you think about Buddhism, it is generally associated with people living in East Asia, about 80%. If you think about Hinduism, it's roughly 80% who live in India. And if you think of Islam, it's 80% who are located primarily in the Middle East and North Africa. The Christian faith has spread everywhere and there are between 15 to 25% of Christians on each continent of the world, uh, on each of the major continents. The Christian faith transcends both culture and nationality. Well, as Jesus commissioned his first disciples, they in turn passed on the faith and we've kept on that tradition right up until today. Today being Easter Sunday, we're each commissioned afresh to take up Jesus' challenge to preach the death and resurrection of Christ and to urge people to repent and to receive God's true forgiveness. Well, if just just about every town in Australia has a pizza shop, and that's one of those amazing things if you ever do a bit of driving, uh, and again, you know, you get out and about, they've all got a pizza joint. Uh, Karen and I, a few years ago, went to Cooper Pedy, which is right in the middle of Australia, and you couldn't find anywhere that's more remote than Cooper Pedy, and there are free pizza shops in the main street of Cooper Pedy. Pretty amazing. And if you think about most pizza joints, they're run by a family, aren't they? It's usually a family business that's passed on from family to family. Well, the thing is that Christ invites us to share in the family business, to serving God in all of our lives, sharing our faith personally and with others that we know, seeking to help people in need, being people who are actively interested in others and invested in others and living other person-centred lives, people who pursue justice and bless others, Uh, As we've been remarkably blessed, we should be a blessing to others. And being concerned for our planet, the lost and the lonely, the refugee, and our First Nations people. They're all things that God invites us to participate in uh, as renewed people 
with the strength and help of the Holy Spirit. Well, sharing in the family business means that our life is worthwhile. It has purpose. We have meaning and we have a sense of hope because we're invited to be a part of something much bigger, which is to be a part of God's ongoing work in God's world. Life's not just about accumulating cash and becoming comfortable and wealthy. Life's about something far more profound, which is giving ourselves freely to others for the sake of God's kingdom. Well, this is Easter. Let's celebrate afresh Christ's resurrection from the dead. Let's celebrate afresh the fact that we have hope as people because we have a future that's bound up with God and God's plan and purpose. And let's also be people who live transformed lives through the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.